Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. First day of June. What's going on, Larry? First day of June, and it's June gloom out by me. So I, I, came, out, I came out of May gray, and I headed right into June gloom. Uh, but it's all good. You SoCal people got it so rough. Just don't, I don't even want to hear it. This oh. is beautiful. It's great. It's the start of a new month. The, uh, the, the quota board is back to zero. We're all equals today. And it's a, it's a Friday. So welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Uh, if you're new here, we're glad you're here. You've joined a community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, doing the hard work. We call that Selling from the Heart. And Larry, lots of great feedback from our uh, podcast last week about the empty suit and filling up that empty suit. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm getting emails left and right, one going, what the heck is an empty suit? So I go, okay, well, why don't you listen to the, the last couple podcasts, you'll figure out what an empty suit is. And then I hit them with, you know, reeking of commission breath. And then all these people are going, what is going on? So don't be an empty suit and don't reek a commission breath. Okay, well, we've got a guest today that is definitely not an empty suit, doesn't have commission breath but is the master and in fact, the inventor of the perfect clothes. Larry, why don't you set this up and we'll dive into this conversation. Well, I, I had a pleasure to meet James when um, together we spoke at the Outbound Conference with, with a bunch of guys we look up to and, and Jeb Blunt and Mark Hunter, Mike Weinberg and Anthony Norino. And I'm telling you, James Muir to me is just a class act guy. He's a super nice guy. Um, I enjoyed getting to know him. And without further ado, James Muir, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thank you for having me on, Larry and Daryl. Let's, uh, let's, let's rock it. <laughs> and, I probably, and, and we're not going to talk about anything that relates to the perfect clothes. Okay, well, well, we could talk about empty suits or you forgot to throw Yiddish. Like just oh, before you yeah. went into the, I mean, you, you, you throw all kinds of confusion. No, we, we, could, we could talk about the five Yiddish words, but then that wouldn't, that would, yeah, that, that's has been stuff. But what I, but what I really want to talk to you about it, and we always ask <laughs> Oh, this is punchy Friday. I can already tell. It's going to be good. If you come to this show late, you are you are missing a lot. You got to go back to every old podcast. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And, and I appreciate because James is eating up all of our podcasts. So we appreciate it. But since you've already an avid listener, you always know, we always ask this question of every guest that comes on. So James, tell us, what's it mean to you to sell from the heart? Man, I think this is such a big deal. But if I could boil down selling from the heart in just two words, it would be just actually care. I mean, if I, if I could just go back in time and tell myself just one thing, uh, I would tell myself to get off of myself um, and, fo- and stop focusing on what I want. and just focus 100% on what the customer wants and what, mm-hmm. you know, what they're trying to accomplish. That would have saved me two or three years if I had just learned that lesson early. If you just <laughs> do that, the money all takes care of itself. Well, but, but, but here's what's interesting. And, and you say care. I, I use, you know, I use a term called give a rip and always, and, and everyone always asks, you know, what's the secret to all this stuff? And, and it's, I never went off the, the deep end on, on my whole sales career, right? I, I never got, 
I never overcomplicated anything because, I mean, we've had conversations and I always said, you know, my dad's a retired rocket scientist. So he, you ask him what two plus two is and it takes him an hour to tell you it's four. I just want to know, just, just give me the answer. And that was the same thing that I took with sales is if you just genuinely cared mm-hmm. and you cared about your career, you cared about the client, you cared about the outcome and you truly meant it. Something just happens. It's hard to explain, but something just happens. No, I mean, and here's the thing is the customer knows whether you care or not. I mean, there's a whole bunch of invisible conversation that that uh, takes place in every interaction that's revealing what your real intent is, right, to the customers. Yeah. There's uh, mirror neurons. This is your rocket science language. There's mirror neurons and parallel language, <laughs> micro expressions. I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff out there that's telling your customers what you really think and feel so you can't fake it. Right. And, and, and in fact, at the end of the perfect close, that's like the biggest secret that I'm giving. And, and that's that um, in order to convey good intent, you actually have to have good intent. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that brings up a great uh, line of conversation. You said something uh, as we were talking before the show that sales transformation is actually all about personal transformation. I thought that was said so well. Um, and, and I'm curious, as you, as you think about sales transformation uh, being preceded by or backed with personal transformation, how have you seen that at work in yourself and in some of the people that you coach? Oh, well, uh, what I see a lot of is folks thinking, oh, if I just bought this tool, mm. or if I just had this one, you know, I bought this technology or I had this phone or whatever it is, they think, oh, I, I wouldn't have to be, I wouldn't have to work on myself if I could just have this crutch that would help lift me up. And, and of course, that's totally a fallacy. That's not it. And I mean, if you can just throw money at the problem and make it go away, believe me, there's a ton of people out there trying to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But where the, where the real answer is, is inside ourselves. And I know that sounds a little touchy-feely, but I, honestly, um, I mean, I think that the, a deeper meaning of all this you know, stuff that we're laughing about here is that um, and what I think is, by the way, is totally freaking awesome is that by becoming a better person, you become a better salesperson, right? And, uh, and, and uh, um, again, not to get touchy-feely, but that you'll, yeah. find jo- you'll find joy in both of those things. Absolutely. It's one of the cool things about our profession, really, if you think about it. I mean, how many other I – mean, maybe there's lots, but I, don't, I can't think of a lot of other professions where you would say if you become a better person – you're going to become more effective at what you do. And, you know, you're going to become more effective. You're going to get rewarded uh, with more income. You're going to have more fulfillment, um, all from becoming a better person. That, I mean, that's really kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah, but, but, but here's, a th- here's the thing, and, and um, this is what I've been bringing out, and, and this is my whole main message, and it's ours from Selling from the Heart, and, and I talk a lot about it in my book that's coming out, is we, we have to really get to know ourselves. You know, tools help facilitate the process. But I think so many people are looking at the tools as their road to success. And if you're not right. working on yourself, I don't think anything's ever going to happen. And that's why I question, you know, when we start talking about digital transformation, we start talking about all the acronyms and the buzzwords that are going on in the sales world right now. Those are great. And they're great facilitators to help us get to a more successful career. But if we don't know who we are, we don't know our story, we're not comfortable in our own skin, then I don't think the fruits of those labor, you know, the fruits of what those things have to offer fully come to fruition. 
But that's Ooh. just my two cents. No, you're totally on the money. Think about it. All this tool, all these tools that are out there are meant to get us to the point where we can actually have a conversation with someone. Right. Yes. But if, if you're if you finally, if you let's say you use the tools and you do finally get a conversation, then it turns out that you're an empty suit. Right. Or uh, or the way you're communicating with the person, suddenly the, the prospect spider sense is going off thinking, whoa, this person is very they, this person has commission breath. Right. Right. Yeah. For themselves. They're not in it for me. Right. Well, then all of your investment up to that point is wasted because you're not good at that moment of truth where you're face to face with the customer. And the only way to really address that is to look inside and, and, and make yourself a better person. And get off yourself. Stop being selfish for a minute. If you if you give enough, you're gonna it'll come back to you. Zig Ziglar set up perfectly. You, you know, if you, you'll get everything you want if you just help enough, enough other people get what they want. Yeah, but and you know what? And that takes time and that takes patience. And and I fully you know I fully respect that that salespeople out there have quotas, right? They have to have that. They have to fit those numbers in that thirty day sales cycle, or they have to fit it in that quarterly bonus cycle. But if you consistently do these things day over day over day, then things start to happen. I agree. It, the whole thing snowballs. It, 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 it does. And, and there's, you know, I go back to this rocket science. There's no rocket science behind the road to success as a salesperson. It all starts with planning, preparation, and practice. And if we, and if we, and if we do that on ourselves first, then all the other stuff I think is going to have a 10 X effect. Mm. Usually so, usually so then, it, then any leverage you're using to get appointments because every appointment will be effective instead of you losing it there during that encounter where you're, you know, and think about it, that's the most time consuming thing that we do is actually meet with the person because each encounter, I don't know about y'all, but it's, you know, for me, it's at least an hour. Sometimes it's multiple hours. That, right. I got to win every time I meet with somebody or it's a really inefficient equation. I don't want to have a lot of meetings with people that suddenly get turned off the minute they meet me. And so, uh, I mean, I, I don't say suggest that working on yourself is easy, but um, on, on the other hand, you know, everything that we do in life is about, you know, uh, ourselves and our own, you know, we, we, we work so that we can live. We don't live so we can work. Right. And so uh, pretty much everything we do should be working on making ourselves better human beings out there. Yeah. And I, and I don't and I, that's one thing I love about your show is that we shouldn't be shy about bringing those values into the selling process because people immediately connect with it. Once you have uh, they, once they sense that that is what's going on, it cuts through tons and tons of red tape and mistrust. That, ah, yes. that as, you know, when we're salespeople, we walk into the situation we're immediately already branded as being tainted, mm-hmm. right? And well, so we, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. It's just, I, you're firing me up because <laughs> this, this reminds me, and, and I tell this story all the time, but this probably goes back 25, 26 years ago that I started figuring out, okay, well, what is it that my prospects and clients don't like about salespeople? So, I, you know, I came out of the office technology sector. So, I mean, they already had their perceptions of who we were before we even walked in, just like you said. Mm-hmm. But I, was, I would always ask the question, you know, tell me what is it that you don't like about, and then I'd fill in the blank, right, with the sales with salespeople from our industry. And you got this whole laundry list, James, of things that they just didn't like. So all I did was the complete opposite. So if we fast forward to today, I can guarantee you that not much has really changed. If you really ask your clients and your prospects, what is it that you really want from a salesperson? They will tell you and just act like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, in fact, uh, I, there's a way I like to, to describe thinking about this to new salespeople. Uh, a huge number of people that I end up working with for whatever reason, because uh, because uh, of the perfect close, is, is is sometimes subject matter experts or domain experts or brand new salespeople that are not really comfortable uh, mm-hmm. advancing the sale, right? So that's just not a situation they're used to being in. Sometimes they're not technically in sales, right? Or maybe they're right. entrepreneurs and they do other things, but they also have to sell. And, and so here's the way to think about this. Whenever anybody's taken on something new or challenging, we would all love to have a coach, a, a genuine coach that honestly has our best intentions uh, at heart to help us move forward at our own pace, right? And, and the key, I think, for us is just to give a little thought before we meet with clients is how, how can we help them, right? And uh, our clients are engaging us precisely because they're trying to make some kind of positive change, right? They're expecting us to be that coach. And mm-hmm. if they could do it on their own, they wouldn't be engaging us. Yeah. And so they, they were looking for us to guide them through each little commitment it takes for them to meet their goal. And it's re- so it's really more than selling or advancing the sale. It's really about leadership, I think, in, in my opinion. And, and so I just think that salespeople could just do a whole lot better job of coaching and serving their clients yeah, than they're doing right now. And, and so that's my challenge to them. You know, be a better coach, be a better problem solver, be a better teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can help your clients better. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and it's so true. Cause I mean, I even speak about it and, and I devoted, you know, a good chapter to it on my book is salespeople have to become that. They have to lead with that servant mindset. Mm-hmm. And Daryl and I t- have talked about on other podcasts is, you know, they got to lead with their heart and they can't lead with their wallet. And, and I think, you know, and I'm just going to throw it out there. Crappy sales funnels point blank have just led salespeople into doing things that they normally wouldn't do if they consistently had a full sales funnel. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So they're not working hard enough to have their funnel so that they can approach an opportunity with a objective tabula rasa sort of uh, mentality where, hey, let's just see if we can help these guys. If I, if I can't help them, I'm not going to push. It's just uh, I'm genuinely going to help. If you've got a lot of opportunities, then you've got the freedom to be able to do that. It's when you don't have enough that you start to get right. desperate. And then all this dysfunctional selling starts to take place. And right. incidentally, sometimes that even happens at the manager level where the managers are pressing them to do that too. And, uh, and so I hate to see that because, you know, it, it all starts at the top and then works or works its way down. So if they start seeing that dysfunctional uh, type of mentality from the manager, then you can expect the whole sales force to have that exact same mentality. It's very rare that you'll see a couple of outliers out there that are immune to the pressures that the, the manager puts on. Almost every, like literally within a few hours of now, a couple hours ago, I'm on with the client and their manager is, is saying, well, I know you haven't forecasted it yet, but I got this meeting coming up. So I want you guys all to tell me deals and forecast deals that really aren't there yet. Right. And I'm like, what the heck? What are you doing? What are you right. telling me? What are you teaching your salespeople to do? Right. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, sales reps have commission breath. They get commission breath from managers. I mean, it's tough. And I'm kind of curious if, if uh, you know, you think about this whole journey of personal transformation, um, what would you say to a sales manager who's, who's buying into what we're saying? Like, how could a sales manager nurture and encourage that in, well, a, in a sales team? What do you guys think? Oh, oh no, hands down. The number one tool that the manager has is to coach, is to mm-hmm. coach. That is the highest use of it. It's not selling for them. It is not yeah. even really training or teaching. It is coaching. And coaching is a whole lot different 
um, it's a different animal than probably anything that most managers have done in the past. Usually a, a manager is a really great sales guy that got promoted into being a, a manager now. Peter Principal, yeah. Yeah, newsflash. Being a manager and being a great coach are a wholly different set of skills than what it took when you were out there Lone Ranger. Yeah, but you could learn how to be a coach. I mean, that's, you know, that's step one, right? Is actually learn how to be a coach. Get a book, buy a a tape, do something, learn how to be a coach. But, you know, what are the types of, what are the types of things a manager could coach um, their sales people to? Um, And let's, let's think in particular, because earlier we were talking about millennials who struggle to drive conversation and, you know, that, that seems to be a theme in, in younger sales professionals out there, this whole concept of, of who are you? What's your story? What do you value? How could a manager coach to that? What do you guys well, think? Well, I, I think, it, I think it's um, just so we're not singling out a specific generation. I, I think it's, I, I think it's straight across the board. I don't well, care. I think if that's true. That I, I don't, I don't care if you're Gen Z, millennial, Gen Y, Gen X, baby boomer, whatever else you all want to label generations. I, I think a vast majority struggle with the art of a conversation, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, I, I would just say though, that on the manager question, the first thing you got to do is emulate it. You got to emulate it, right? You mm-hmm. can't expect your salespeople to go out there and be selling from the heart when you yourself are a pounding on the table, butt kicking, whips cracking type of manager. If you if you manage that way, you're going to get that same kind of approach from your salespeople when they go interact with their right. customers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, I, I also think uh, in terms of having a conversation, man, role playing is a fantastic. I know a ton of people hate role playing, but role playing is just a fantastic way to rehearse through the different dynamics of a conversation in a way that, so when you finally get, and it's a safe way to do it, right? And right. when I finally get in front of a customer, then it's all natural. I'm not trying to think it up on the fly right. uh, because I've already had a couple of encounters as a, you know, with my manager or with my other teammates as we work through you know, how a dialogue might go. So I think that's a really good thing on the conversation side. But uh, there, is a, there is a huge group of people right now that have spent most of their time communicating either via text or via email. And so when they get right. in front of the people, they have this social anxiety. They don't want to call on the phone and they don't want to have a face-to-face conversation. And yet that's what these social tools now allow us to do, that we want to take that initial interaction, which is so great with social selling, right? We, we can we can start touching them so early with that, mm-hmm. earlier than we've ever been able to. But we need to take that conversation offline into a real conversation like we're having here right now. Right. As, as soon as we can, as soon as we can, right? Because um, it doesn't matter how great a texter you are or an emailer <laughs> you are. People really cannot tell if you care no. in those types of channels. It's really it's hard. hard. No, no, you're, you're so true. And, and, you know, <laughs> I was just thinking about, I'm sitting here listening to what you're saying. I'm like going, okay, keyboard warriors don't translate to sales warriors. And, and I think there's so, there's so many keyboard warriors out there, right. That hide behind technology that leverage all this technology and saying, well, whatever the reasons are, whatever the stats are that, that want to drive their beliefs. Yeah. But that's why, that's why, you know, there's, there's a quote I just always love saying is sales reps have hypnotized themselves into believing what they're not doing doesn't work. And, it, <laughs> it, right? and I know there's a lot of double negatives in that, but if we stop and think about it is the reason why it doesn't work is because you're not practicing it anyway. So then you believe all the hype that none of the stuff mm-hmm. works when in all actuality, 
the stuff does work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's a, there's a whole group of folks out there that, you know, for better or for worse, they have a motive to, to, sure, to bless them. Tool I mean, in the way that they do it. And, and don't get me wrong. It's like a blessing to be able to have social media and to be able to engage so early in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a phenomenal uh, ability that we have using LinkedIn and using other tools to try to engage these guys. So we, I, I'm not dismissing that in any way. It's just, we got to take that in perfect perspective with what it's good for. And then when we can, we got to bring that into a real conversation because that's where the real money is, right? That's where the real action happens. And we finally connect with them on a personal level. We mm-hmm. figure out what it is that they want to do. And we start solving the actual problem that they have. That's when we're really getting there. And that all can't happen if we're just hiding behind a computer screen all day. No, mm-hmm. no, no, man, that this journey of personal transformation, like you said earlier, and we say this a lot, it sounds so touchy feely, However, you know, the people that say it's touchy feely are the first people to say people buy from people. So, yes, this touchy feely stuff of getting in touch with who you are, what's your story, what are your values, all of that stuff has massive correlation to non touchy feely stuff like results, right? Because you're, I mean, people can smell it. They can smell the commission breath. They can smell the insincerity. The flip side is since there's so much insincerity out there, um, when, when you step out and you're genuine and you're authentic, you all of a sudden stand out of the crowd um, in ways you never have before. And, and, and that, is, that to me is what's so exciting about this, this whole conversation. Yeah, Bingo. Bingo. I was going to say uh, that if you tie this back to something that Keenan said on one of your podcasts is that um, it, we have to be uh, honest with our self-assessment of where we are. If we're going to have that sales transformation and that comes from personal transformation, then we got to be real honest about where we are in our own personal transformation and not hide around the places where we're sure we don't just pretend like it's not happening and blind ourselves about, Oh, I don't have a problem there. I don't have a problem here. And just denial, you know, right. we, we need to be honest about that. And, and tying it back to our coaches here and our managers, our managers have the ability to be a third party perspective that they can see this from the outside. So even if the sales rep themselves can't be, be honest and, and recognize it well enough on their own, the right. manager's in perfect position to be able to see that. And they can offer that feedback. They just need to be able to do it in a diplomatic way. We don't, you know, we don't just tell, I mean, I guess some people are tough enough. You can just tell them they suck flat out and they can handle it. But, <laughs> right. It, there's a way to, there's a way to tell people in a diplomatic way that they yeah. can improve. I think most people are, are doing about as good as they can with what they have. Yeah. And so um, as managers, what we can do to help them is, when we see that, we, we, that's when the coaching moment happens, right? Is to help them recognize it and then and then help facilitate um, the decisions in the process that make that um, that person become better in whatever area we're talking about. Yeah, and and you know to flip it the other way too, as as uh, sales reps listening in, and really you know for all of us to have the courage to go to somebody that we know and trust, whether it's a manager or a client or a friend and go, Hey, can you just, can you level with me? <laughs> you know, let me, how, how do you experience me? What's it like being my client? What's it like, you know, working with me? What, what is it like? And um, of course that's a, t- that's a tough question to ask. You better be ready 
um, for some candor and some honesty, but you know, feedback is the breakfast champions, right? Oh, uh, Daryl. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's one of the things that I just love throwing at salespeople, especially as I travel all over and they say, yeah, I got great relationships with my current customers. They're rock solid. Uh-huh. Okay. Then you start giving them some gut level check questions. Okay. I want you to go back to your clients and I want to ask you, you know, ask them, right. What, what are some of the descriptive words you would use to describe how I've been supporting you? How have I, how have I helped you do better business? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, what's the value I bring to your organization? And don't say a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and an amazing thing about both those things is that the minute you expose yourself to that with a client, you are building massive amounts of trust with the customer because oh they, they sense yeah. right away, this guy's just trying to get better. This guy's just trying to get better than he is. And so um, I, I can't even think of a better way to build trust. I mean, because you're really exposing yourself, right? When you yeah. and, and I, mm-hmm. I remember doing this myself and I have a folder in my email that I have still to this day that's called I suck. That's what <laughs> and, and, and I, I would put all that feedback right into that box so that I could, you know, understand, okay, look, I got a blind spot here. I'm not doing as good as I could be on here, right? But yeah, I have a whole directory of a lot of I suck. Right, Dude, oh, I, beautiful. I love that. I love that. I'm, <laughs> if that's okay, I'm, I'm, I might rip that one off because I have people tell me I suck all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, hopefully, it's not as big as my list. But I, I, do have, <laughs> I do have another folder. The other folder says accolades. It's called accolades for me. And <laughs> and every time I would get something unsolicited, somebody would say I would throw it in there. And then oh, that's the great. And on the suckiest days, right? I can go in that and dude, it's like addicting <laughs> to go in there and just look at all these things that people have said over the years to go, look, I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. I'm just right, right. This is going right? to be all right. That, really reinforces that's brilliant. It. Brilliant. <laughs> well, we always, <laughs> and James, thank you so much for being on the Selling from the Heart podcast. You're a true kindred spirit. Um, and if you've been living under a rock and you haven't uh, read The Perfect Clothes yet, you go to Amazon right now, buy The Perfect Clothes. It is an amazing book. It's incredibly practical. Um, and I, I'm already using what I learned from that book. Uh, I, and I just, I, I was under rock. I just started reading. It's phenomenal. So check out The Perfect Clothes. And your homework this week is, uh, is twofold. Number one, go to someone you trust and ask that hard question. What's it like? Uh, what's it like to work with me? What's it like to be my client? And then uh, I love, I'm going to take you up on this. I'm creating two folders in my email. I'm creating the accolades folder and the I suck folder. And uh, I'm going to start gathering and categorizing all of that because uh, that's just brilliant. That's a, that is brilliant. Uh, I love it. So James, thank you. Um, and everyone out there, thank you. It's always a, a pleasure and honor interacting with the community. Check us out on Twitter at Sell From Heart. Check us out on LinkedIn. Look for the Selling From The Heart group. And uh, until next time, be genuine, be honest, do the hard work, ask the hard questions, and most of all, sell from the heart.